0: Greetings, everyone. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Commonweal. Welcome to the new school at Commonweal. How many people are at Commonweal for the first time today, let me just ask? Whoa. So that, thank you all for coming. That calls for a few words of description of uh, where you are. Um, My name is Michael Lerner, I'm the president and founder of Commonweal. Uh, We've been out on this site for the last um, 36 years. Commonweal is a health, environmental, and educational center with about a dozen major programs. Uh, We're known in different fields. Uh, Our work with cancer patients through the Commonweal Cancer Help Program, Rachel Naomi Remen's work with physicians and health professionals through the Institute for the Study of Health and Illness, our environmental work through the Collaborative on Health and the Environment. Some of you know the Regenerative Design Institute and the Commonweal Garden. Uh, I could go on on a a longer list, but that gives you a sense of the the scope of uh, the work that we've been doing for the last 36 years in health, uh, the environment, and education. One of our newest programs is the New School at Commonweal. And the new school sponsors events like this. And I'll say a few more words about that in a few minutes. But let me just start with a few pragmatic things. There is one restroom on this floor. There are three restrooms downstairs. Please turn off your cell phones because we're recording this for a podcast. So uh, it would be very helpful not to have cell phones going off uh, during the, the course of the reading. Um, There will also be uh, cider and some food uh, served after the reading right over there in the corner, and our uh, dear friends and colleagues and co-sponsors at uh, Point Reyes Books, Kate Levinson is here, uh, will be uh, um, offering uh, Robert Haas's books downstairs and a number of other books that you've brought along, and we... Love co-sponsoring events with Point Reyes Books. They really are, in the deepest sense, partners in the cultural renaissance that's taking place in West Marin. Thanks, in large part, to Point Reyes Books. Okay. Thank Thank you. So, speaking of the cultural renaissance in West Marin. Uh, We have two Renaissance uh, figures with us today in that process, uh, Eric Karpolis and Robert Haas. Um, Eric, uh, as many of you know, is uh, a painter and writer, the author of Paintings in Proust, among other things, an extraordinary book, which I highly recommend. Um, uh, Very few people are as... uh, extraordinarily gifted in two separate media as Eric is. Um, and the fact that his, both uh, as a painter and as a writer he's touch, done such extraordinary work is, uh, is a very great contribution. When Eric uh, came uh, to West Moran uh, and uh, began to sort of uh, participate in various things, uh, I asked him if he would join the Commonwealth Board of Directors. And uh, both as a board member and as a member of the community, uh, he began to uh, contribute to the dialogues that we offer through the New School on nature, culture, and the inner life. Um, Robert Haas is actually the second poet laureate that Eric has brought to the New School. Uh, Many of you know that W.S. Merwin was here Uh, earlier. And Eric also brought Anna DeVere Smith, and some of you were here for her extraordinary uh, presentation and conversation with Eric. And those are just a, a few of the highlights of what Eric has brought. One of the things I love about what Eric has done with the new school is that he took a framework that we created only four years ago here and saw what the possibilities were for free collaborative adult education and learning in West Moran. And so he has brought the new school to a level that I could not have imagined when we started the the new school four years ago. And these contributions are just jewels in the community. And so it's an honor to have him on the board and as a colleague in co-creating the new school. And, uh, I will let Eric uh, introduce uh, Robert Haas uh, at greater length, but suffice it to say that um, uh, Robert's edition of Song of Myself, which is for sale downstairs, uh, I have been reading his his wonderful introduction. Uh, He teaches at the University of California. He won the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry in 2008 and um, he was Poet Laureate of the United States from 1995 to 1997. Finally, before I conclude, I want to recognize uh, Commonweals Executive Director Susan Braun, who is sitting right here among the readers, and Kira Epstein in the back, the coordinator of the New School, and Ken Adams, our sound engineer, uh, who records all of these for podcasts. So with that, I will sit back, participate as a reader, and join you in enjoying really an extraordinary event, this uh, reading of Walt Whitman's Song of Myself. Thank you very much.
1: Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming out on such a beautiful day. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to take stock of all the poetry enthusiasts and I appreciate you all coming Uh, Walt Whitman is a remarkably complicated character and instead of going into a lot of conversation before reading the poem about his life I just want to encourage you all to, uh, to read more about him he's an infinitely fascinating figure who emerged on the American literary scene almost full-blown blown, like uh, Athena from the head of Zeus. This poem just came, it seemed, from nowhere. Uh, somebody um, no less than Ralph Waldo Emerson commented about it when he received his copy of this book of poems from this unknown poet. He wrote back to him right away and said, I rubbed my eyes a little to see if this sunbeam were no illusion but the solid sense of the book is a sober certainty. It has the best merits, namely of fortifying and encouraging. So I just want to welcome you all and um, turn up your fortifying and encouraging quotient. So welcome, thank you. I want to now introduce Robert Haas, who Michael spoke about a little bit. I will say one thing about Walt Whitman, that he was one of the most remarkable self-promoting artists in the history of America... (laughs) Um, Oh, before I go on to that, I I don't want to forget. What we are very blessed to have right here is one of the original first edition, 1855, Leaves of Grass, which was everything about this book was done and made by hand by Walt Whitman, who at that point, before the book came out, was known as Walter Whitman. And the character that he creates in Song of Myself is essentially uh, almost a doppelganger. So we have this first edition here, which I'm going to ask you to look at, but please not touch. Um, A broadsheet that Whitman himself printed on linen of all of his books that were available for sale. And outside there's an album print photograph, a portrait of, of Walt Whitman. And these have all been very generously loaned to us for the day by Dan Miller, who's one of our readers. So once again... Before I introduce Robert Haas, this is the second time I'm (laughs) putting it off, what I want to do, I I realize, is I want to to introduce very, very briefly everyone. I'm going to just read the names of each of the readers. So I will ask you all just to stand up as I read your name and then we'll begin. Uh, Robert Haas. Joaquin Torres. Joanna Highgood. Michael Sell. Kati Nagel. Susan Braun, Steve Heilig, Gail Coppinger, Carol Harmon, Michael Rafferty, Marlene Saritsky, Chris Whitefield, Brenda Hillman, Jacoba Charles, Elizabeth Grace, Peter Martinelli, Melinda Griffith, Einar Sawyer, Joan Robbins, Robin Bradford, Janet Visick, Cheryl Patton, Nishama Franklin, Jan Brook, Mark Buell, Shao Thorpe, Susan Thackeray, Lisa Doran, Craig Anderson, Susie Buell, Burr Henneman, Mindy Marin, Renee Watkins, Piero Patton, Lisa Townsend, Tom Corwin, Patricia Yenowin, Terry Bell, Joe Bender, Howard Dillon, Dan Miller, Anna Gade, Hanford Woods, Giovanni Singleton, Michael Lerner, Steve Ratcliffe, Michael Satris, David Dewar. Gus Thompson, Bill Nyman, Sean Thackeray, Jennifer Stoll, Laura Folger, and myself. So, thank you, all of you. It feels like an embrace of readers and audience, and uh, I think that's a very appropriate merging term of of Walt Whitman. So now, without further ado, Robert Haas to start us off.
2: Thank you, Eric, for dreaming this up. Thank you, Michael and uh, Stephen Kate of Point Reyes Books. Um, I I don't want to say too much, but but I'm I love this format because the arc- song of myself came from nowhere. Whitman was the son of, his, his dad was a Yankee farmer on Long Island. His mom was Dutch, old New York Dutch and a Quaker. He was brought up through his grandparents as a Quaker. Uh, there were six or seven kids. The father was kind of ne'er-do-well... Uh, he was a radical Thomas Paine Democrat and an alcoholic. He took his family to Brooklyn, where, which was booming and started, got into building trades and started building. Buildings went broke. Uh, Walt Whitman became the caretaker kid in the disorganized family. He he took his first job um, at 11. Uh, every, every uh, there was a, printing had just got cheap enough there were like fourteen newspapers in in Brooklyn alone and that many political parties and everyone had their they were like shoppers and mailers and he found he found work first as a typesetter's apprentice and then as a typesetter and then as an editor at fourteen of one of these papers and at seventeen he went back to Long Island and got a job as a school teacher though he only had a sixth grade education himself. And he got kicked out of that for reasons that are still unclear very shortly and then came back and took over and edited the Brooklyn Eagle, where he just turned out hack work for the next 15 years. And then this completely unpromising person whose writing was um, nothing special uh, In sometime around 1854, when he was around 33 or 34, he produced the most astonishing poem in the English language, the most original and strange poem and wonderful poem in the English language, which is in that book which he said himself. He sent this copy to Ralph Waldo Emerson, who was the most famous writer of his time, and Emerson read it and wrote back and said, Mr. Whitman... um, this is the most remarkable piece of wit and wisdom ever produced by an American. And Whitman, who was a newspaper guy, immediately sent published a new edition with the big thing saying, like Ralph Waldo Emerson. The greatest. And Emerson was furious. That was you. So and the other thing you need to know is Emerson gave it to Thoreau, and Thoreau read it a little bit of it and threw it across the room and said, it's as if the beast spoke. Thoreau was a very puritanical guy apparently. He was very upset by this poem. So Song of Myself is just like nothing before. He invents free verse which didn't really then happen for another 50 years and I I mean I guess the two other things to say about this poem that are that at the time Whitman Writing about reporting on Manhattan and the booming suburb of brooklyn was it was we 're getting a, the, one of the first poems of the invention of the modern city. The sanitation and other things exploded london paris New York at that time and and the shock of 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 the city of teeming groups of people was a new thing in literature. Baudelaire was at the same time that Whitman was writing this, was writing poems about Paris, Dickens, and Dostoevsky were writing their novels of London and Petersburg. It belongs to this moment, and he was very much a flaneur of this moment, Whitman. He loved walking the streets, and the other thing to say in relation to this poem is that as a Newspaper guy. He was not only was he reviewing books, reviewing dictionaries, um, reviewing new books of science, renewing new book, reviewing new books of philosophy, religion, chemistry—you name it. He did. He also reviewed theater and music. And his favorite form of music, the newest thing in uh, that it, to hit New York was Italian opera. And and um, Rossi, Rossini's operas were. Um, uh, his idea of heaven, and so people have said about this poem that it combines the two great loves of the nineteenth century, the catalogue and the aria <laughs> that, so the poem kind of t- t- it has it 's fifty two sections long in this at first he didn 't number it, and then he numbered the sections to give it a so it begins with a kind of um, orchestral uh, playing out of its themes over the first five sections or so. And then you get this first long catalogue, and then more aria, and then a second catalogue. In the first catalogue, Walt Whitman is this regular guy, Walt Whitman. He announces who he is. The book was published anonymously, but there's a picture of him in a white shirt with his collar open like that and a slouch hat on looking like that. And way into the poem it says who he says his own name. That was how he announced who he was. Um, and um, so, then, so then in the first section, the I is still pretty much Walt Whitman. In the second section, he's like a jolly green giant of a sexual democracy. Uh, he, beca- he turns into a more mythological figure. The argument of the poem, which is which why it's so wonderful we're doing this, in one way or another, is that everybody's consciousness is the song of themselves. And that if we actually listened to it and actually heard it and felt ourselves as censors and feelers and dreamers and musers and erotic daydreamers on the faces of other people, um, that we'd know all we need to know. Um, So an opening aria, this catalog, the second argument about how amazing we are, he is, we are, then a long catalogue which includes a, the the Alamo and a and a, and a uh, naval battle and uh, a crucifixion and then and then a final amazing farewell um, out of nowhere language drunk. Let me give you one example of that. Um, when the when the poem came out, the young Henry James reviewed it and. And there's a bunch, there are a lot of foreign words in it. And James was a snob about this, this upstart writing this poem. And he said in his review, one must regret Mr. Whitman's too extensive knowledge of the foreign languages. It's <laughs> a way of saying that he thought it was really pretentious to use the word ambulanza. The flaps of the ambulanza he has an image of and the blood dripping. Just another thing about this poem is the little bits of it are as intense as photography, which was just being invented at the time. You just, one after another. But anyway, I looked up ambulanza. The word came into existence in the Italian part of the Crimean War. The Italians figured out a new way to get uh, wounded soldiers off the battlefield fast to a field hospital. And the, and the, and the, Way they carried them, they called it an ambulanza. So it looked like pretension was the newspaper man Whitman who knew the absolutely new, cool, up to date word for what was going on at that time. You find that over and over in this poem. It begins I celebrate myself and sing myself. And what I assume, you shall assume, for every atom belonging to me as good belongs to you. I loaf and invite my soul. I lean and loaf at my ease, observing a spear of summer grass. My tongue... Every atom of my blood formed from this soil, this air, born here of parents, born here from parents the same, and their parents the same, I, now 37 years old, in perfect health, begin hoping to cease not till death. Creeds and schools in abeyance, retiring back a while, sufficed at what they are but never forgotten, I harbor for good or bad. I permit to speak at every hazard, nature without check with original energy.
3: Houses and rooms are full of perfumes. The shelves are crowded with perfumes. I breathe the fragrance myself and know it and like it. The distillation would intoxicate me also, but I shall not let it. The atmosphere is not a perfume. It has no taste of the distillation, it is odorless. It is for my mouth, forever I am in love with it. I will go to the bank by the wood and become undisguised and naked. I am mad for it to be in contact with me. The smoke of my own breath echoes, ripples, buzzed whispers, love root, silk thread, crotch, and vine. My respiration and inspiration, the beating of my heart, the passing of blood and air through my lungs, the sniff of green leaves and dry leaves, and of the shore and dark-colored sea rocks, And of hay in the barn. The sound of the belched words of my voice Loose to the eddies of the wind. A few light kisses. A few embraces. A reaching around of arms. The play of shine and shade on the trees As the supple boughs wag. The delight alone, or in the rush of the streets Or along the fields and hillsides. The feeling of health. The full noon trill. The song of me rising from bed And meeting the sun. Have you reckoned a thousand acres much? Have you reckoned the earth much? Have you practiced so long to learn to read? Have you felt so proud to get at the meaning of poems? Stop this day and night with me and you shall possess the origin of all poems. You shall possess the good of the earth and sun. There are millions of suns left. You shall no longer take things at second or third hand, nor look through the eyes of the dead, nor feed on the specters in books. You shall not look through my eyes either, nor take things from me. You shall listen to all sides and filter them from yourself.
4: I have heard what the talkers were talking, the talk of the beginning and the end, but I do not talk of the beginning or the end. There was never any more inception than there is now, nor any more youth or age than there is now, and will never be any more perfection than there is now nor any more heaven or hell than there is now. Urge and urge and urge, always the procreant urge of the world. Out of the dimness, opposite equals advance. Always substance and increase. Always sex. Always a knit of identity. Always distinction. Always a breed of life. To elaborate is no avail. Learned and unlearned feel that it is so. Sure is the most certain shore, plumb in the uprights, well entreated, braced in the beams, stout as a horse, affectionate, haughty, electrical. I and this mystery, here we stand. Clear and sweet is my soul, and clear and sweet is all that is not my soul. Lack one, lacks both, and the unseen is proved by the seen till that becomes unseen and receives proof in its turn. Showing the best and dividing it from the worst, age vexes age. Knowing the perfect fitness and equanimity of things, while they discuss I am silent and go bathe and admire myself. Welcome is every organ and attribute of me and of any man hardy and clean. Not an inch nor a particle of an inch is vile, and none shall be less familiar than the rest. I am satisfied. I see, dance, laugh, sing, as the hugging and loving bedfellow sleeps at my side through the night and withdraws at the peep of the day with stealthy tread, leaving me baskets covered with white towels and swelling the house with their plenty. Shall I postpone my acceptation and realization and scream at my eyes that they turn from gazing after and down the road and forthwith cipher and show me to assent exactly the value of one and exactly the value of two and which is ahead?
5: Trippers and askers surround me. People I meet, the effect upon me of my early life or the ward and city I live in. Or the nation, the latest dates, discoveries, inventions, societies, authors, old and new, my dinner, dress, associates, looks, compliments, dues, the real or fancied indifference of some man or woman I love, the sickness of one of my folks or of myself, or ill doing, or loss, or lack of money, or depressions or exaltations, battles, the horrors of fratricidal war, the fever of doubtful news, the fitful events. These come to me days and nights and go for me again, but they are not the me myself. Apart from the pulling and hauling stands what I am, stands amused, complacent, compassionating, idle, unitary, looks down, is erect, or bends an arm on an impalpable certain rest, looking with side-curved head, curious what will come next, both in and out of the game and watching and wondering at it. Backward I see in my own days where I sweated through fog with linguists and contenders. I have no mockings or arguments. I witness... And wait.
6: I believe in you, my soul. The other, I am, must not abase itself to you, and you must not be abased to the other. Loaf with me on the grass. Loose the stop from your throat. Not words, not music or rhyme I want. Not custom or lecture not even the best, only the lull I like, the hum of your velvet voice. I mind how once we lay such a transparent summer morning, how you settled your head athwart my hips and gently turned over upon me, and parted the shirt from my bosom bone, and plunged your tongue to my bare stripped heart, and reached till you felt my beard, and reached till you held my feet, swiftly arose and spread around me the peace and knowledge that pass all argument of the earth, and I know that the hand of God is the promise of my own, and I know that the spirit of God is the brother of my own, and that all the men ever born are also my brothers, and the women my sisters and lovers, and that the kelson of the creation is love, and limitless are leaves stiff or drooping in the fields, and brown ants in the little wells beneath them, and mossy scabs of the worm fence Heap stones, elder, mullen, and pokeweed.
7: A child said, "What is the grass?" Fetching it to me with full hands. How could I answer the child? I do not know what it is any more than he. I guess it must be the flag of my disposition, out of hopeful green stuff woven, or I guess it is the handkerchief of the Lord a scented gift and remembrancer designedly dropped, bearing the owner's name some way in the the corners that we may see and remark and say, whose? Or, I guess the grass is itself a child, the produced babe of the vegetation. Or, I guess it is a uniform hieroglyphic, and it means sprouting alike in broad zones and narrow zones, Growing among black folks as among white, Canuck, Tuckahoe, Congressman, Cuff, I give them the same, I receive them the same. And now it seems to me the beautiful uncut hair of graves. Tenderly will I use you, curling grass. It may be you transpire from the breasts of young men. It may be if I had known them I would have loved them. It may be you are from old people or from offspring taken soon out of their mother's laps, and here you are, the mother's laps. This grass is very dark to be from the white heads of old mothers, darker than the colorless beards of old men, dark to come from under the faint red roofs of mouths. Oh, I perceive, after all, so many uttering tongues and I perceive they do not come from the roofs of mouths or nothing. I wish I could translate the hints about the dead young men and women, and the hints about the old men and mothers, and the offspring taken too soon out of their laps. What do you think has become of the young and old men? And what do you think has become of the women and children? They are alive and well somewhere. The smallest sprout shows there is really no death, and if ever there was, it led forward life and does not wait at the end to arrest it and cease the moment life appeared. All goes onward and outward. Nothing collapses, and to die is different from what anyone supposed and luckier.
8: Has anyone supposed it lucky to be born? I hasten to inform him or her it is just as lucky to die, and I know it. I pass death with the dying and birth with the new wash babe and am not contained between my hat and boots, and peruse manifold subjects no two alike and every one good, the earth good and the stars good and their adjuncts all good. I am not an earth nor an adjunct of an earth. I am the mate and companion of people, all just as immortal and fathomless as myself, They do not know how immortal, but I know. Every kind for itself and its own. For me, mine, male and female. For me, those that have been boys and those that love women. For me, the man that is proud and feels how it stings to be slighted. For me, the sweetheart and the old maid. For me, mothers and the mothers of mothers. For me, lips that have smiled, eyes that have shed tears. For me, children and the begetters of children. Undrape You are not guilty to me, nor stale, nor discarded. I see through the broadcloth and gingham, whether or no, and I am around, tenacious, acquisitive, tireless, and cannot be shaken away.
9: The little one sleeps in its cradle. I lift the gauze and look a long time, silently brush away the flies with my hand. The youngster and the red-faced girl turn aside up the bushy hill. I peeringly view them from the top, The suicide sprawls on the bloody floor of the bedroom. I witness the corpse with its dabbled hair. I note where the pistol has fallen. The blab of the pave, tires of carts, slough of boot soles, talk of the promenaders. The heavy omnibus, the driver with his interrogating thumb, the clank of the shod horses on the granite floor, the snow sleighs, clinking, clinking. Shouted jokes, pelts of snowballs, the hurrahs for popular favorites, the fury of roused mobs, the flap of the curtained litter, a sick man born inside to the hospital, the meeting of enemies, the sudden oath, the blows and fall, the excited crowd, the policeman with his star quickly working his passage to the center of the crowd the impassive stones that receive and return so many echoes. What groans of overfed or half-starved who fall sunstruck or in fits? What exclamations of women taken suddenly who hurry home and give birth to babes? What living and buried speech is always vibrating here? What howls restrained by decorum? Arrests of criminals, slights, adulterous offers made, acceptances, rejections with convex lips. I mind them or the show or resonance of them. I come and I depart.
10: The big doors of the country barn stand open and ready. The dried grass of the harvest time loads the slow-drawn wagon. The clear light plays on the brown, gray, and green intertinged. The armfuls are packed to the sagging mow. I'm there, I help. I came stretched to top of the load. I felt its soft jolts. One leg reclined on the other. I jump from the cross beams and seize the clover and Timothy and roll head over heels and tangle my hair full of wisps.
11: Alone, far in the wilds and mountains, I hunt. Wandering amazed at my own lightness and glee. In the late afternoon, choosing a safe spot to pass the night. Kindling a fire and broiling the fresh-killed game. Falling asleep on the gathered leaves with my dog and gun by my side. The Yankee clipper is under her sky sails. She She cuts the sparkle and scud. My eyes settle the land. I bend at her prow or shout joyously from the deck. The boatmen and clam diggers arose early and stopped for me. I tucked my trouser ends in my boots and went and had a good time. You should have been with us that day round the chowder kettle. I saw the marriage of the trapper in the open air in the far west. The bride was a red girl. Her father and his friends sat near cross-legged and dumbly smoking. They had moccasins to their feet and large, thick blankets hanging from their shoulders. On a bank lounged the trapper. He was dressed mostly in skins. His luxuriant beard and curls protected his neck. He held his bride by the hand. She had long eyelashes. Her head was bare. Her coarse, straight locks descended upon her voluptuous limbs and reached to her feet the runaway slave came to my house and stopped outside I heard his motions crackling the twigs in the woodpile. through the swung half door of the kitchen I saw him limpsy and weak and went where he sat on a log and led him in and assured him and brought water and filled a tub for his sweated body and bruised feet and gave him a room that entered from my own and gave him some coarse, clean clothes and remember perfectly well his revolving eyes and his awkwardness and remember putting plasters on the galls of his neck and ankles. He stayed with me a week before he was recuperated and passed north. I had him sit next to me at table. My firelock leaned in the corner.
12: 28 young men bathed by the shore, 28 young men and all so friendly, 28 years of womanly life and all so lonesome. She owns the fine house by the rise of the bank, she hides handsomely and richly dressed aft the blinds of the window. Which of the young men does she like the best? Ah, the homeliest of them is beautiful to her. Where are you off to, lady? For I see you, you splash in the water there, yet stay stock still in your room. Dancing and laughing along the beach came the 29th bather. The rest did not see her, but she saw them and loved them. The beards of the young men glistened with wet. It ran from their long hair. Little streams passed all over their bodies. An unseen hand also passed over their bodies, It descended tremblingly from their temples and ribs. The young men float on their backs, their white bellies bulge to the sun. They do not ask who seizes fast to them. They do not know who puffs and declines with pendant and bending arch. They do not think whom they souse with spray.
13: The butcher boy pulls off his killing clothes or sharpens his knife at the stall in the market. I loiter and join his repartee and his shuffle and breakdown. Blacksmiths with grimed and hairy chests environ the anvil. Each has his main sledge. They are all out. There is a great heat in the fire. From the cinder-strewn threshold, I follow their movements. The lithe shear of their waists plays even with their massive arms. Overhand, the hammers swing. Overhand, so slow. Overhand, so sure. They do not hasten. Each man hits in his place.
14: The negro holds firmly the reins of his four horses. The block swags underneath on its tied over chain. The negro that drives the long dray of the stone yard. Steady and tall, he stands poised on one leg on the string piece His blue shirt exposes his ample neck and breast and loosens over his hip band. His glance is calm and commanding. He tosses the slouch of his hat away from his forehead. The sun falls on his crispy hair and mustache, falls on the black of his polished and perfect limbs. I behold the picturesque giant and love him. And I do not stop there. I go with the team also. In me, the caresser of life, wherever moving, backward as well as forward, slewing, to niches aside and junior bending, not a person or object missing, absorbing all to myself and for this song. Oxen that rattle the yoke and chain or halt in the leafy shade, what is it that you express in your eyes? It seems to me more than all the print I have read in my life. My tread scares the wood drake and wood duck on my distant and day-long ramble. They rise together. They slowly circle around. I believe in those winged purposes, and acknowledge red, yellow, white playing within me, and consider green and violet, and tufted crown intentional, and do not call the tortoise unworthy because she is not something else, and the jay in the woods never studied the gamut, yet trills pretty well to me, and the look of the bay mare shames silliness out of me
15: the wild gander leads his flock through the cool night you honk he says and sounds it down to me like an invitation the pert may suppose it meaningless but i listening close find its purpose and place up there toward the wintry sky the sharp hooved moose of the north the cat on the house sill the chickadee the prairie dog the litter of the grunting sow as they tug at her teats the brood of the turkey hen, and she with her half-spread wings. I see in them, and myself, the same old law. The press of my foot to the earth springs a hundred affections. They scorn the best I can do to relate them. I'm enamored of growing outdoors, of men that live among cattle, or taste of the ocean or woods, of the builders and steers of ships, and the wielders of axes and malls, and the drivers of horses. I can eat and sleep with them week in and week out. What is commonest, cheapest, nearest, easiest, is me. Me, going in for my chances, spending for vast returns, adorning myself to bestow myself on the first that will take me. Not asking the sky to come down to my goodwill, scattering it, freely, forever.
16: The pure contralto sings in the organ loft. The carpenter dresses his plank. The tongues of his foreplane whistles its wild ascending lisp. The married and unmarried children ride home to their Thanksgiving dinner. The pilot seizes the kingpin. He heaves down with a strong arm. The mate stands braced in the whaleboat. Lance and harpoon are ready. The duck shooter walks by silent and cautious stretches. The deacons are ordained with crossed handles at the altar. The spinning girl retreats and advances to the hum of the big wheel. The farmer stops by the bars as he walks on a first day loaf and looks at the oats and rye. The lunatic is carried at last to the asylum, a confirmed case. He will never sleep anymore, as he did in the cot in his mother's bedroom. The drawer printer with gray head and gaunt jaws works at his case. He turns his quid of tobacco while his eyes blur with the manuscript. The malformed limbs are tied to the surgeon's table. What is removed drops horribly in a pail. The quadroon girl is sold at the auction stand. The drunkard nods by the barroom stove. The machinist rolls up his sleeves. The policeman travels his beat. The gatekeeper marks who pass. The young fellow drives the express wagon. I love him, though I do not know him. The half-breed straps on his light boots to compete in the race. The western turkey shooting draws old and young. Some lean on their rifles, some sit on logs. Out from the crowd steps the marksman, takes his position, levels his piece. The groups of newly come immigrants cover the war for Levy. As Woolly pates hoe in the sugar field, the overseer views them from his saddle. The bugle calls in the ballroom, the gentlemen run for their partners, the dancers bow to each other. The youth lies awake in the cedar-roofed garret and harks to the musical rain. The wolverine sets traps on the creek that helps fill the Huron. The squaw, squaw, wrapped in her yellow hem cloth, is offering moccasins and bead bags for sale. The connoisseur peers along the exhibition gallery with half-shut eyes bent sideways.
17: As as the deckhands make fast the steamboat, the plank is thrown for the shore-going passengers. The young sister holds out the skein while the elder sister winds it off in a ball and stops now and then for knots. The one-year wife is recovering and happy having a week ago born her first child. The clean-haired Yankee girl works with her sewing machine or in the factory or mill. The paving man leans on his two-handed rammer. The reporter's lead flies swiftly over the notebook. The sign painter is lettering with blue and gold. The canal boy trots on the towpath. The bookkeeper counts at his desk. The shoemaker waxes his thread. The conductor beats time for the band and all the performers follow him. The child is baptized. The convert is making his first professions. The regatta is spread on the bay. The race has begun. How the white sails sparkle. The drover watching his drove sings out to them that would stray. The peddler sweats with his pack on his back. The purchaser higgling about the odd scent. The bride unrumples her white dress. The minute hand of the clock moves slowly. The opium-eater reclines with rigid head and just-opened lips. The prostitute draggles her shawl. Her bonnet bobs on her tipsy and pimpled neck. The crowd laugh at her blaggard oaths. The men jeer and wink to each other. Miserable, I do not laugh at your oath nor jeer at you. The president, holding a cabinet council, is surrounded by the great secretaries. On the piazza walk three matrons, stately and friendly, with twined arms. The crew of the fish smack pack repeated layers of halibut in the hold. The Missourian crosses the plains, toting his wares and his cattle. As the fare collector goes to the train, he gives notice by the jingling of loose change. The floormen are laying the floor. The tinners are tinning the roof. The masons are calling for mortar. In single file, each shouldering his hod pass, onward the laborers seasons pursuing each other the indescribable crowd is gathered it is the fourth of the seventh month what salutes of cannon and small arms seasons pursuing each other the plower plows the mower mows and the winter grain falls in the ground off on the lakes the pike fisher watches and waits by the hole in the frozen surface the stumps stand thick round the clearing the squatter strikes deep with his axe Flatboatmen make fast towards dusk near the cottonwood or pecan trees. Coon seekers go through the regions of the Red River or through those drained by the Tennessee or those of the Arkansas. Torches shine in the dark that hangs on the Chattahoochee or Altamaha. Patriarchs sit at supper with sons and grandsons and great grandsons around them. In the walls of adobe, in canvas tents, rest hunters and trappers after their day's sport. The city sleeps, and the country sleeps. The living sleep for their time, the dead sleep for their time. The old husband sleeps by his wife, and the young husband sleeps by his wife. And these tend inward to me, and I tend outward to them. And such as it is to be one of these, more or less I am. And of these, one and all, I weave the song of myself.
18: I am of old and young of the foolish as much as the wise, regardless of others, ever regardful of others, maternal as well as paternal, a child as well as a man, stuffed with the stuff that is coarse and stuffed with the stuff that is fine, one of the nation of many nations, the smallest the same and the largest the same, a southerner soon as a northerner, a planter, nonchalant and hospitable, down by the Okanee I live, a Yankee bound my own way, ready for trade, my joints the limberest joints on earth and the sternest joints on earth, a Kentuckian walking the veil of the Elkhorn in my deerskin leggings, a Louisianian a, or Georgian a boatman over lakes or bays or along coasts, a Hoosier, Badger, Buckeye, at home on Canadian snowshoes or up in the bush or with fishermen off Newfoundland, at home in the fleet of ice boats sailing with the rest and tacking, at home on the hills of Vermont or in the woods of Maine or the Texan Ranch,
19: Comrade of Californians. Comrade of free Northwesterners loving their big proportions. Comrade of raftsmen and coalmen, Comrade of all who shake hands and welcome to drink and meet. A learner with the simplest. A teacher of the thoughtfulest. A novice beginning yet experient of myriads of seasons. Of every hue and cast am I. Of every rank and religion A farmer, mechanic, artist, gentleman Sailor, Quaker, prisoner, fancy man Rowdy, lawyer, physician, priest I resist anything better than my own diversity Breathe the air but leave plenty after me And am not stuck up and am in my place. The moth and the fish eggs are in their place. The bright suns I see, and the dark suns I cannot see, are in their place. The palpable is in its place, and the impalpable is
20: in its place. These are really the thoughts of all men in all ages and lands, they're not original with me. If they're not yours as much as mine, they are nothing or next to nothing. If they are not the riddle and the untying of the riddle, they are nothing. If they are not just as close as they are distant, they are nothing. This is the grass that grows wherever the land is and the water is. That This the common air that bathes the globe.
21: With music strong, I come with my cornets and my drums. I play not marches for accepted victors only. I play marches for conquered and slain persons. Have you heard that it was good to gain the day? I also say it is good to fall. Battles are lost in the same spirit in which they are won. I beat and pound for the dead. I blow through my embouchures my loudest and gayest for them. Vivas to those who have failed and to those whose war vessels sank in the sea and to those themselves who sank in the sea and to all generals that lost engagements and all overcome heroes and the numberless unknown heroes equal to the
20: greatest heroes known. This is the meal equally set, this the meat for natural hunger. It is for the wicked just the same as the righteous. I make appointments with all. I will not have a single person slighted or left away. The kept woman, sponger, thief, are hereby invited. The heavy-lipped slave is invited. The venerialee is invited. There shall be no difference between them and the rest. This is the press of a bashful hand. This, the float and odor of hair. This, the touch of my lips to yours. This, the murmur of yearning. This, the far-off depth and height reflecting my own face. This the thoughtful merge of myself and the outlet again. Do you guess I have some intricate purpose? Well, I have. For the April showers have, and the mica on the side of a rock has. Do you take it I would astonish? Does the daylight astonish? Does the early red start twittering through the woods? Do I astonish more than they? This hour, I tell things in confidence. I might not tell everybody, but I will tell you.
22: Who goes there, hankering, gross, mystical, nude? How is it I extract strength from the beef I eat? What is a man, anyhow? What am I? What are you? All I mark as my own, you shall offset it with your own. Else it were time lost listening to me. I do not snivel that snivel the world over, that months are vacuums and the ground but wallow and filth. Whimpering and truckling fold with powders for invalids. Conformity goes to the fourth removed. I wear my hat as I please, indoors or out. Why should I pray? Why should I venerate and be ceremonious? Having pried through the strata, analyzed to a hair, counseled with doctors and calculated close, I find no sweeter fat than sticks to my own bones. And all people I see myself, none more and not one barleycorn less. And the good or bad I say of myself, I say of them. I know I am solid and sound. To me, the converging objects of the universe perpetually flow. All are written to me, and I must get what the writing means. I know I am deathless. I know this orbit of mine cannot be swept by a carpenter's compass. I know I shall not pass like a child's curlicue cut with a burnt stick at night. I know I am august, I do not my trouble my spirit to vindicate itself or be understood. I see that the elementary laws never apologize. I reckon I behave no prouder than the level I plant my house by, after all. I exist as I am, that is enough. If no other in the world be aware, I sit content. And if each and all be aware, I sit content. One world is aware and by far the largest to me, and that is myself. And whether I come to my own today, or in 10,000 or 10 million years, I can cheerfully take it now, or with equal cheerfulness, I can wait. My foothold is tenoned and mortised in granite. I laugh at what you call dissolution, and I know the amplitude of time.
23: I am the poet of the body, and I am the poet of the soul. The pleasures of heaven are with me, and the pains of hell are with me. The first I graft and increase upon myself, the latter I translate into a new tongue. I am the poet of the woman, the same as the man, and I say it is as great to be a woman as to be a man. And I say there is nothing greater than the mother of men. I chant the chant of dilation or pride. We have had ducking and deprecating and about enough. I show that size is only development. Have you outstripped the rest? Are you the president? It is a trifle. They will more than arrive there, everyone, and still pass on. I am he that walks with the tender and growing night. I call to the earth and sea half held by the night. Press close, bare-bosomed night, press close, magnificent, nourishing night. Night of south winds, night of the large few stars, still nodding night, mad naked summer night. Smile, O voluptuous, cool-breathed earth, earth of the slumbering and liquid trees, earth of departed sunset, earth of the mountain's misty top. Earth of the vitreous poor of the full moon, just tinged with blue. Earth of shine and dark mottling the tide of the river. Earth of the limpid gray of clouds brighter and clearer for my sake. Far swooping elbowed earth, rich appled blossomed earth, smile for your lover comes Prodigal, you have given me love, therefore I to you give love, oh unspeakable, passionate love.
24: You see, I resign myself to you also. I guess what you mean. I behold from the beach your crooked fingers. I believe you refuse to go back without feeling of me. We must have a turn together. I undress. Hurry me out of sight of the land. Cushion me soft. Rock me in billowy drowse. Dash me with amorous wet. I can repay you. Sea of stretched ground swells. See breathing broad and convulsive breaths. See of the brine of life and of unshoveled yet always ready graves. Howler and scooper of storms, capricious and dainty sea. I am integral with you. I too am of one phase and of all phases. Partaker of influx and efflux. extoler of hate and conciliation, extoller of armies and those that sleep in each other's arms. I am he attesting sympathy. Shall I make my list of things in the house and skip the house that supports them? I am not the poet of goodness only. I do not decline to be the poet of wickedness also. What blurt is this about virtue and about vice? Evil propels me, and reform of evil propels me. I stand indifferent. My gate is no fault finder's or rejecter's gate. I moisten the roots of all that has grown. Did you fear some scrofula out of that unflagging pregnancy? Did you guess the celestial laws are yet to be worked over and rectified? I find one side a balance and the antipodal side a balance. Soft doctrine as steady help as stable doctrine. Thoughts and deeds of the present are rouse and early start. The minute that comes to me over the past decillions there is no better than it and now. What behaved well in the past or behaves well today is not such wonder. The wonder is always and always how there can be a mean man or an infidel.
25: Endless unfolding of words of ages. and mine, a word of the modern. The word and mass. A word of the faith that never balks. Here or henceforward, it is all the same to me. I accept time absolutely. It alone is without flaw. It alone rounds and completes all. That mystic baffling wonder alone completes all. I accept reality and dare not question it. Materialism first and last imbuing. Hurrah for positive science. Long live exact demonstration. Fetch stone crop mixed with cedar and branches of lilac. This is the lexicographer. This the chemist. And this made a grammar of the old cartouches. These mariners put the ship through dangerous unknown seas. This is the geologist. This works with the scalpel. And this is a mathematician. Gentlemen, to you the first honors always. Your facts are useful, and yet they are not my dwelling. I enter by them to an area of my dwelling. Less the reminders of properties told by word, my words, and more the reminders they of life untold and of freedom and extrication. And make short account of neuters and geldings, and favor men and women fully equipped and beat the gong of revolt and stop with the fugitive and them that plot and conspire.
1: Walt Whitman, a cosmos of Manhattan, the sun, turbulent, fleshy, sensual, eating, drinking, and breeding, no sentimentalist, no stander above men and women or apart from them no more modest than immodest. Unscrew the locks from the doors. Unscrew the doors from their jams. Whoever degrades another degrades me, and whatever is done or said returns at last to me. Through me the afflatus surging and surging, through me the current and index. I speak the password primeval. I give the sign of democracy. By God, I will accept nothing which all cannot have their counterpart of on the same terms. Through me, many long dumb voices, voices of the interminable generations of prisoners and slaves, voices of the diseased and the despairing and of thieves and dwarves, voices of cycles of preparation and accretion, and of the threads that connect the stars, and of wombs, and of the father stuff, and of the rights of them the others are down upon, of the deformed, trivial, flat, foolish, despised, fog in the air, beetles rolling balls of dung. Through me forbidden voices, Voices of sexes and lusts, voices veiled, and I remove the veil. Voices indecent, by me clarified and transfigured. I do not press my fingers across my mouth. I keep as delicate around the bowels as around the head and heart. Copulation is no more rank to me than death is. I believe in the flesh and the appetites Seeing, hearing, feeling are miracles, and each part and tag of me is a miracle. Divine am I inside and out, and I make holy whatever I touch or am touched from. The scent of these armpits, aroma finer than prayer. This head, more than churches, Bibles, and all the creeds. If I worship one thing more than another it shall be the spread of my own body, or any part of it. Translucent mold of me, it shall be you. Shaded ledges and rests, it shall be you. Firm masculine culture, it shall be you. Whatever goes to the tilth of me, it shall be you. You, you my rich blood, your milky stream, pale strippings of my life, breast that presses against other breasts it shall be you my brain it shall be your occult convolutions root of washed sweet flag timorous pond snipe nest of guarded duplicate eggs it shall be you mixed tussled hay of head beard brawn It shall be you. Tricking sap of maple, fiber of manly wheat, it shall be you. Sun so generous, it shall be you. Vapors lighting and shading my face, it shall be you. You sweaty brooks and dews, it shall be you. Winds whose soft tickling genitals rub against me, it shall be you. Broad muscular fields, branches of live oak, Loving lounger in my winding paths, it shall be you. Hands that I have taken, face I have kissed, mortal I have ever touched, it shall be you. I dote on myself, there is that, lot of me, and also luscious. Each moment and whatever happens thrills me with joy. I cannot tell how my ankles bend, nor whence the cause of my faintest wish nor the cause of the friendship I emit, nor the cause of the friendship I take again. That I walk up my stoop, I pause to consider if it really be. A morning glory at my window satisfies me more than the metaphysics of books. To behold the daybreak. The little light fades the immense and diaphanous shadows. The air tastes good to my palate. Hefts of the moving world at innocent gambles, silently rising, freshly exuding, scooting obliquely, high and low. Something I cannot see puts upward libidinous prongs. Seas of bright juice suffuse heaven. The earth, by the sky, stayed with the daily close of their junction, the heaved challenge from the east, that moment over my head, the mocking taunt. See then whether you shall be master.
26: Dazzling and tremendous, how quick the sunrise would kill me if I could not now and always send sunrise out of me. We also ascend, dazzling and tremendous, as the sun, We found our own, O my soul, in the calm and cool of the daybreak. My voice goes after what my eyes cannot reach. With the twirl of my tongue, I encompass worlds and volumes of worlds. Speech is the twin of my vision. It is unequal to measure itself. It provokes me forever. It says sarcastically, won't you contain enough? Why don't you let it out then? Come now, I will not be tantalized. You conceive too much of articulation. Do you not know, O speech, how the buds beneath you are folded, waiting in gloom, protected by frost? the dirt receding before my prophetical screams, I, underlying, causes to balance them at last, my knowledge, my life parts, it keeping tally with the meaning of all things, happiness, which whoever hears me Let him or her set out in search of this day. My final merit, I refuse you. I refuse putting from me what I really am. Encompass worlds, but never try to encompass me. I crowd your sleekest and best by simply looking toward you. Writing and talk do not prove me. I carry the plenum of proof and everything else in my face with the hush of my lips I wholly confound the skeptic.
27: Now I will do nothing but listen to accrue what I hear into this song to let sounds contribute toward it. I hear reveras of birds, bustle of growing wheat, gossip of flames, clack of sticks cooking my meals. I hear the sound I love, the sound of the human voice. I hear all sounds running together, combined, fused, or following, sounds of the city and sounds out of the city. Sounds of the day and night. Talkative young ones to those that like them. The loud laugh of work people at their meals. The angry bass of disjointed friendship. The faint tones of the sick. The judge with hands tight to the desk. His pallid lips pronouncing a death sentence the heave-y-yo of stevedores and lading ships by the wharves, the refrain of the anchor lifters, the ring of alarm bells, the cry of fire, the whirr of swift streaking engines and hose carts with premonitory tinkles and colored lights, the steam whistle, the solid roll of of the train of approaching cars. The slow march played at the head of the association marching two by two. They go to guard some corpse. The flag tops are draped with black muslin. I hear the violin cello tis the young man's heart's complaint. I hear the keyed cornet it glides quickly in through my ears it shakes mad sweet pangs through my belly and breast I hear the chorus it is a grand opera ah this is indeed this indeed is music this suits me a tenor Large and fresh as the creation fills me, the orbic flex of his mouth is pouring and filling me full. I hear the trained soprano. What work with hers is this? The orchestra whirls me wider than Uranus flies. It wrenches such ardors from me, I did not know I possessed them. It sails me, I dab with bare feet, They are licked by the indolent waves. I am cut by bitter and angry hail. I lose my breath, steeped amid honeyed morphine. My windpipe throttled in fakes of death. At length, let up again to feel the puzzle of puzzles, and that we
4: call being. To be in any form, what is that? Round and round we go, all of us, and ever come back thither. If nothing lay more developed, the quag in its callous shell were enough. Mine is no callous shell. I have instant conductors all over me, whether I pass or stop. They seize every object and lead it harmlessly through me. I merely stir, press, feel with my fingers, and am happy. To touch my person to someone else's is about as much as I can stand.
28: Is this then a touch quivering me to a new identity? Flames and ether making a rush for my veins. Treacherous tip of me reaching and crowding to help them. My flesh and blood playing out lightning to strike what is hardly different from myself. On all sides, prurient provokers stiffening my limbs, straining the utter of my heart for its withheld drip, behaving licentious toward me, taking no denial, depriving me of my best as for a purpose, unbuttoning my clothes, holding me bare by the waist, diluting my confusion with the calm of the sunlight and pasture fields immodestly sliding the fellow senses away. They bribe to swap off with touch and go and graze at the edges of me. No consideration, no regard for my draining strength or my anger, fetching the rest of the herd around to enjoy them a while, then all uniting to stand on a headland and worry me. The sentries desert every other part of me. They have left me helpless to a red marauder. They all come to the headland to witness and assist against me. I am given up by traitors. I talk wildly. I have lost my wits. I and nobody else am the greatest traitor. I went myself first to the headland. My own hands carried me there. You villain touch, what are you doing? My breath is tight in its throat. Unclench your floodgates. You are too much for me. Blind, loving, wrestling touch. Sheathed, hooded, sharp-toothed touch. Did it make you ache so, leaving me? Parting, tracked by arriving. Perpetual payment of perpetual loan. Rich, showering rain. And recompense, richer afterward. Sprouts take and accumulate. Stand by the curb, prolific and vital. Landscapes, projected masculine. Full-sized and golden.
29: All tra- truths wait in all things. They neither hasten their own delivery nor resist it. They do not need the obstetric forceps of the surgeon. The insignificant is as big to me as any. What is less or more than a touch? Logic and sermons never convince. The damp of the night drives deeper into my soul. Only what proves itself to every man and woman is so. Only what nobody denies is so. A minute and a drop of me settle my brain. I believe the soggy clods shall become lovers and lamps. And a compend and compens is the meat of a man or woman. And a summit and flower, there is the feeling they have for each other. And they are to branch boundlessly out of that lesson until it becomes omnific and until one and all shall delight us and we them
30: I believe a leaf of grass is no less than the journey work of the stars and the pismire is equally perfect and a grain of sand and the egg of the wren and the tree toad is a chef d'oeuvre for the highest and the running blackberry would adorn the parlors of heaven, and the narrowest hinge in my hand puts to scorn all machinery, and the cow, crunching with the pressed head, surpasses any statue, and a mouse is miracle enough to stagger sextillions of infidels. (laughs) I find I incorporate nice, cold, long-threaded moss Fruits, grains, esculate roots And am stuccoed with quadrupeds and birds all over And have distanced what is behind me For good reasons But call anything back again when I desire it In vain the speeding or shyness In vain the plutonic rocks Send their old heat against my approach In vain the mastodon Retreats beneath its own powdered bones. In vain, objects stand leagues off and assume manifold shapes. In vain, the ocean settling in hollows and the great monsters lying low. In vain, the buzzard houses herself with the sky. In vain, the snake slides through the creepers and logs. In vain, the elk. Takes to the inner passes of the woods In vain The razor-billed auk Sails far north to Labrador I follow Quickly I ascend to the nest In the fissure of the cliff
31: I think I could turn And live with animals They're so placid and self-contained I stand and look at them Long and long They do not sweat and whine about their condition. They do not lie awake in the dark and weep for their sins. They do not make me sick discussing their duty to God. (laughs) Not one is dissatisfied. Not one is demented with the mania of owning things. Not one kneels to another nor to his kind that lived thousands of years ago. Not one is respectable or unhappy over the whole earth. So they show their relations to me and I accept them. They bring me tokens of myself. They evince them plainly in their possession. I wonder where they get those tokens. Did I pass that way huge times ago and negligently drop them? Myself moving forward then and now and forever, gathering and showing more always and with velocity, infinite and omnigenous and the like of these among them, not too exclusive toward the reachers of my remembrancers, picking out here one that I love and now go with him on brotherly terms, a gigantic beauty of a stallion, fresh and responsive to my caresses, head high in the forehead, wide between the ears, limbs glossy and supple, tail dusting the ground, eyes full of sparkling wickedness, ears finely cut, flexibly moving. His nostrils dilate as my heels embrace him. His well-built limbs tremble with pleasure as we race around in return. I but use you a minute, then I resign you, stallion. Why do I need your paces when I myself out gallop then, even as I stand or sit passing faster than you?
32: Space and time Now I see it is true what I guessed at What I guessed when I loafed on the grass What I guessed while I lay alone in my bed And again as I walked the beach Under the paling stars of the morning My ties and ballasts leave me My elbows rest in sea gaps I skirt sierras My palms cover continents. I am afoot with my vision. By the city's quadrangular houses, in log huts camping with lumbermen, along the ruts of the turnpike, along the dry gulch and rivulet bed, weeding my onion patch, or hoeing rows of carrots and parsnips, crossing savannas, trailing in forests, prospecting, gold-digging, girdling the trees of a new purchase, scorched ankle-deep by the hot sand, hauling my boat down the shallow river where the panther walks to and fro on a limb overhead, where the buck turns furiously at the hunter, where the rattlesnake suns his flabby length on a rock, where the otter is feeding on fish, where the alligator in his tough pimples sleeps by the bayou, where the black bear is searching for roots or honey, where the beaver pats
13: the mud with his paddle-shaped tail. Over the growing sugar, over the yellow-flowered cotton plant, over the rice in its low, moist field, over the sharp-peaked farmhouse with its scalped scum and slender shoots from the gutters, over the western persimmon, over the long-leaved corn, over the delicate blue flower flax, over the white and brown buckwheat, a hummer and buzzer there with the rest, over the dusky green of the rise that ripples and shades in the breeze. Scaling mountains, pulling myself cautiously up, holding on by low, scragged limbs, walking the path worn in the grass and beat through the leaves of the brush, where the quail is whistling betwixt the woods and the wheat lot, where the bat flies in the seventh month eve, where the great gold bug drops through the dark, where the brook puts out of the roots of the old tree and flows to the meadow, where cattle stand and shake away flies with the tremulous shuddering of their hides, where the cheesecloth hangs in the kitchen where andirons straddle at the hearth slab, where cobwebs fall in festoons from the rafters, where trip hammers crash, where the press is whirling its cylinders, wherever the human heart beats with terrible throws under its ribs, where the pear-shaped balloon is floating aloft, floating in it myself and looking composedly down, where the life car is drawn on the slip noose, where the heat hatches pale green eggs in the dented sand, where the she-whale swims with her calf and never forsakes it, where the steamship trails hindways its long pennant of smoke, where the fin of the shark cuts like a black chip out of the water, where the half-burned brig is riding on unknown currents, where shells grow to her slimy deck, where the dead are corrupting below.
33: Where the dense starred flag is borne at the head of the regiments, approaching Manhattan up by the long stretching island, under Niagara, the cataract falling like a veil over my countenance, upon a doorstep, upon the horse block of hard wood outside, upon the race course, or enjoying picnics or jigs or a good game of baseball, At he festivals, with blackguard jibes, ironical license, bull dances, drinking, laughter. At the cider mill, tasting the sweets of the brown mash, sucking the juice through a straw. At apple peelings, wanting kisses for all the red fruit I find. At musters, beach parties, friendly bees, huskings, house raisings. Where the mockingbird sounds, his delicious gurgles, cackles, screams, weeps. Where the hayrick stands in the barnyard, where the dry stalks are scattered, where the brood cow waits in the hovel. Where the bull advances to do his masculine work, where the stud to the mare, where the cock is treading the hen. Where the heifers browse, where the geese nip their food with short jerks, where the sundown shadows lengthen over the limitless and lonesome prairie, where herds of buffalo make a crawling spread of the square miles far and near, where the hummingbird shimmers, where the, long, where the neck of the long-lived swan is curving and widening, where the laughing gull scoots by the shore, where she laughs her near-human laugh, where beehives range on the gray bench in the garden, half hid by the high weeds, where band-necked partridges roost in a ring on the ground with their heads out, where burial coaches enter the arced gates of the cemetery, where winter wolves bark amid wastes of snow and icicled trees, where the yellow-crowned heron comes to the edge of the marsh at night and feeds upon small crabs, where the splash of swimmers and divers cools the warm noon, where the katydid works her chromatic reed on the walnut tree over the well. Through patches of citrons and cucumbers with silver-wired leaves, through the salt lick or orange glade or under conical firs, through the gymnasium, through the curtain saloon, through the office, Public hall.
34: Pleased with the native and pleased with the foreign, pleased with the new and the old, pleased with the homely woman as well as the handsome, pleased with the Quakeress as she puts off her bonnet and talks melodiously, pleased with the tune of the choir of the whitewashed church pleased with the earnest words of the sweating Methodist preacher, impressed seriously at the camp meeting. Looking in at the shop windows of Broadway the whole forenoon, flatting the flesh of my nose on the thick plate glass, wandering the same afternoon with my face turned up to the clouds or down a lane or along a beach. My right and left arms round the sides of two friends and I in the middle. Coming home with the silent and dark-cheeked bush boy, behind me he rides at the drape of the day. Far from the settlement studying the print of animals' feet or the moccasin print, by the cot in the hospital, reaching lemonade to a feverish patient. Nigh the coffined corpse, when all is still, examining with a candle. Voyaging to every port to dicker and adventure, hurrying with the modern crowd as eager and fickle as any, hot towards one I hate, ready in my madness to knife him, Solitary at midnight in my backyard, my thoughts gone from me a long while. Walking the old hills of Judea with the beautiful, gentle God by my side. Speeding through space, speeding through heaven and the stars. Speeding amid the seven satellites and the broad ring. And the diameter of 80,000 miles. Speeding with tailed meteors, throwing fireballs like the rest, carrying the crescent child that carries its own full mother in its belly. Storming, enjoying, planning, loving, cautioning, backing and filling, appearing and disappearing. I tread day and night such roads.
35: I visit the orchards of spheres and look at the product, and look at quintillions ripened and look at quintillions green. I fly those flights of a fluid and swallowing soul. My course runs below the soundings of plummets. I help myself to material and immaterial. No guard can shut me off. No law prevent me. I anchor my ship for a little while only, my messengers continually cruise away or bring their returns to me. I go hunting polar furs and the seal, leaping chasms with a pike-pointed staff clinging to topples of brittle and blue. I ascend to the fore truck I take my place late at night in the crow's nest. We sail the Arctic sea. It is plenty light enough. Through the clear atmosphere, I stretch around on the wonderful beauty, The enormous masses of ice pass me, and I pass them. The scenery is plain in all directions. The white-topped mountains show in the distance. I fling out my fancies toward them. We are approaching some great battlefield, in which we are soon to be engaged. We pass the colossal outposts of the encampment. We pass with still feet and caution or we are entering by the suburbs, some vast and ruined city, the blocks and fallen architecture more than all the living cities of the globe. I am a free companion. I bivouac by invading watchfires. I turn the bridegroom out of bed and stay with the bride myself. I tighten her all night to my thighs and lips. My voice is the wife's voice, the screech by the rail of the stairs, they fetched my man's body up, dripping and drowned.
36: I understand the large hearts of heroes, the courage of present times and all times, how the skippers saw the crowded and rudderless wreck of the steamship and death chasing it up and down the storm, how he knuckled tight and gave not back an inch, and was faithful of days, and faithful of nights, and chalked in large letters on a board, be of good cheer, we will not desert you. How he followed them, and tacked with them three days, and would not give it up. How he saved the drifting company at last. How the lank, loose-gowned women looked when boated from the side of their prepared graves. How the silent, old-faced infants, and the lifted sick, and the sharp-lipped, unshaved men. All this I swallow, it tastes good, I like it well, it becomes mine. I am the man, I suffered, I was there. The disdain and calmness of martyrs, the mother of old condemned for a witch, burnt with dry wood, her children gazing on. The hounded slave that flags in the race, leans by the fence, blowing, covered with sweat, The twinges that sting like needles, his legs and neck. The murderous buckshot and the bullets. All these I feel, or am. I am the hounded slave. I wince at the bite of dogs. Hell and despair are upon me. Crack and again crack the marksman. I clutch the rails of the fence, my gourd dribs, thinned with the ooze of my skin. I fall on the weeds and stones. The riders spur their unwilling horses all close, taunt my dizzy ears, and beat me violently over the head with whip stocks. Agonies are one of my changes of garments. I do not ask the wounded person how he feels. I myself become the wounded person. My hurts turn livid upon me as I lean on a cane and observe. I am the mashed fireman with breastbone broken. Tumbling walls buried me in their debris. HEAT AND SMOKE I INSPIRED, I HEARD THE YELLING SHOUTS OF MY COMRADES, I HEARD THE DISTANT CLICK OF THEIR PICKS AND SHOVELS, THEY HAVE CLEARED THE BEAMS AWAY, THEY TENDERLY LIFT ME FORTH, I LIE IN THE NIGHT AIR IN MY RED SHIRT, THE PERVADING HUSH IS FOR MY SAKE, PAINLESS AFTER ALL, I LIE EXHAUSTED, BUT NOT SO UNHAPPY, WHITE AND BEAUTIFUL ARE THE FACES AROUND ME, THE HEADS ARE bared OF THEIR FIRE CAPS. The kneeling crowd fades with the light of the torches. Distant and dead resuscitate. They show as the dial or move as the hands of me. I am the clock myself. I am an old artillerist. I tell of my fort's bombardment. I am there again. Again, the long roll of the drummers. Again, the attacking cannon and mortars. Again, to my listening ears, the cannon responsive. I take part. I see and hear the whole. The cries, curses, roar. The plaudits for well-aimed shots. The ambulanza slowly passing, trailing its red drip. Workmen searching after damages, making indispensable repairs. The fall of grenades through the rent roof. The fan-shaped explosion the whiz of limbs, heads, stone, wood, iron, high in the air. Again gurgles the mouth of my dying general. He furiously waves with his hand. He gasps through the clot, mind not me, mind the entrenchments.
37: Now I tell what I knew in Texas in my early youth. I tell not the fall of Alamo, Not one escaped to tell the fall of Alamo. The hundred and fifty are dumb yet at Alamo. Tis the tale of the murder in cold blood of 412 young men. Retreating, they had formed in a hollow square with their baggage for breastworks. Nine hundred lives out of the surrounding enemies, Nine times their number was the price they took in advance. Their colonel was wounded and their ammunition gone. They treated for an honorable capitulation, received writing and seal, gave up their arms, and marched back prisoners of war. They were the glory of the race of rangers, matchless with horse, rifle, song, supper, Courtship, large, turbulent, generous, handsome, proud, and affectionate. Bearded, sunburnt, dressed in the free costume of hunters, not a single one over 30 years of age. The second, first day morning, they were brought out in squads and massacred. It was beautiful early summer. The work commenced about five o'clock and was over by eight. None obeyed the command to kneel. Some made a mad and helpless rush. Some stood stark and straight. A few fell at once, shot in the temple or heart. The living and dead lay together. The maimed and mangled dug in the dirt. The newcomers saw them there. Some half-killed attempted to crawl away. These were dispatched with bayonets or battered with the blunts of muskets. A youth, not seventeen years old, seized his assassin till two more came to release him. The three were all torn and covered with the boy's blood. At eleven o'clock began the burning of the bodies. That is the tale of the murder of the 412 young men. Would you
38: hear of an old-time sea fight? Would you learn who won by the light of the moon and stars? List to the yarn, as my grandmother's father, the sailor, told it to me. Our foe was no skulk in his ship, I tell you, said he. His was the surly English pluck, and there is no tougher or truer, and never was and never will be. Along the lowered eve he came, horribly raking us. We closed with him, the yards entangled, the cannon touched. My captain lashed fast with his own hands. We had received some eighteen-pound shots under the water. On our lower gun deck, two large pieces had burst at the first fire, killing all around and blowing up overhead. Fighting at sundown, fighting at dark, ten o'clock at night, the full moon well up, our leaks on the gain and five feet of water reported. The master at arms, loosing the prisoners, confirmed, confined in the afterhold to give them a chance for themselves. The transit to and from the magazine is now stopped by the sentinels. They see so many strange faces they do not know whom to trust. Our frigate takes fire. The other asks if we demand quarter, if our colors are struck and the fighting done. Now I laugh content for I hear the voice of my little captain. We have not struck, he composedly cries. We have just begun our part of the fighting. Only three guns are in use. One is directed by the captain himself against the enemy's mainmast. Two, well served with grape and canister, silence his musketry and clear his decks. The tops alone second the fire of this little battery, especially the main top. They hold out bravely during the whole of the action. Not a moment cease. The leaks gain fast on the pumps. The fire eats toward the powder magazine. One of the pumps has been shot away. It is generally thought we are sinking. Serene stands the little captain. He is not hurried, his voice is neither high nor low. His eyes give more light to us than our battle lanterns. Toward twelve there in the beams of the moon, they surrender to us. Stretched and still lies the midnight, two great hulls Motionless on the breast of the darkness, our vessel riddled and slowly sinking. Preparations to pass to the one we have conquered. The captain on the quarter deck, coldly giving his orders through a countenance white as a sheet. Nearby, the corpse of the child that served in the cabin. The dead face of an old salt with long white hair and carefully curled whiskers. The flames, spite of all that can be done, flickering aloft and below, the husky voices of the two or three officers yet fit for duty, formless stacks of bodies and bodies by themselves, dabs of flesh upon the masts and spars, cut of cordage, (laughs) dangle of rigging, slight shock of the soothe of waves. Black and impassive guns Litter of powder parcels Strong scent A few large stars overhead Silent and mournful shining Delicate sniffs of sea breeze Smells of sedgy grass and fields by the shore Death messages given in charge to survivors The hiss of the surgeon's knife The gnawing teeth of his saw Wheeze, cluck, swash of falling blood, short wild scream, and long dull tapering groan, these so, these irretrievable. You laggards there on guard, look to your arms. In at the conquered doors they crowd, I am possessed. Embody all presences, outlawed or suffering. See myself in prison, shaped like another man, and feel the dull, unintermitted pain. For me, the keepers of convicts shoulder their carbines and keep watch. It is I, led out in the morning and barred at night. Not a mutineer walks handcuffed to jail, but I am handcuffed to him and walk by his side. I am the less jolly one there, and more the silent one with sweat on my twitching lips. Not a youngster is taken for larceny, but I go up too and am tried and sentenced. Not a cholera patient lies at the last gasp, but I also lie at the last gasp. My face is ash-colored, my sinews gnarl Away from me, people retreat. Askers embody themselves in me, and I am embodied in them. I project my hat,
39: sit shame-faced, and beg. Enough! 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 (laughs) Somehow I have been stunned. Stand back! Give me a little time beyond my cuffed head, slumbers, dreams, gaping. I discover myself on the verge of a usual mistake. That I could forget the mockers and insults that I could forget the trickling tears and the blows of the bludgeons and hammers, that I could look with a separate look on my own crucifixion and bloody crowning. I remember now, I resume the overstayed fraction. The grave of rock multiplies what has been confided to it or to any graves. Corpses rise, gashes heal fastenings roll from me. I troop forth replenished with supreme power, one of an average unending procession. Inland and seacoast we go and pass all boundary lines, our swift ordinances on their way over the whole earth. The blossoms we wear in our hats, the growth of thousands of years. Elves, I salute you, come forward, Continue your annotations, continue your questionings.
40: The friendly and flowing savage, who is he? Is he waiting for civilization or past it and mastering it? Is he some Southwesterner raised outdoors? Is he Canadian? Is he from the Mississippi country, Iowa? Oregon, California, the mountains, prairie life, bush life, or sailor from the sea. Wherever he goes, men and women accept and desire him. They desire he should like them, touch them, speak to them, stay with them behavior lawless as snowflakes, words simple as grass, uncombed head, laughter and naivete. Slow stepping feet, common features, common modes and emanations. They descend in new forms from the tips of his fingers. They are wafted with the odor of his body or breath, they fly out of the glance of his eyes.
3: flaw to the sunshine, I need not your bask. Lie over. You light surfaces only. I force surfaces and depths also. Earth, you seem to look for something at my hands. Say, old topknot, what do you want? Man or woman, I might tell how I like you, but cannot. And might tell what is in me and what is in you, but cannot, and might tell that pining I have, that pulse of my nights and days. Behold, I do not give lectures or a little charity. When I give, I give myself. You there, impotent, loose in the knees, open your scarf chops till I blow grit within you. Spread your palms and lift the flaps of your pockets. I am not to be denied. I compel. I have stores, plenty and to spare, and anything I have I bestow. I do not ask who you are. That is not important to me. You can do nothing and be nothing but what I will enfold you. To cottonfield drudge, or cleaner of privies, I lean. On his right cheek I put the family kiss, and in my soul I swear I never will deny him. On women fit for conception, I start bigger and nimbler babes. Of this day I am jutting the stuff of far more arrogant republics. To anyone dying, thither I speed and twist the knob of the door, turn the bedclothes toward the foot of the bed, let the physician and the priest go home. I seize the descending man and raise him with resistless will. Oh, despairer, here is my neck. By God, you shall not go down. Hang your whole weight upon me. I dilate you with tremendous breath. I buoy you up. Every room of the house do I fill with an armed force. Lovers of me, bafflers of graves. Sleep. I and they keep guard all night. Not doubt, not decease, shall dare, dare to lay finger upon you. I have embraced you. And henceforth possess you to myself. And when you rise in the morning, you will find what I tell you is so.
41: I am he bringing help for the sick as they pant on their backs. And for strong upright men, I bring yet more needed help. I heard what was said of the universe, heard it, and heard of several thousand years It is middling well as far as it goes, but is that all? Magnifying and applying, come I, outbidding at the start the old cautious hucksters, the most they offer for mankind and eternity, less than a spurt of my own seminal wet. Taking myself the exact dimensions of Jehovah and laying them away. Lithographing Kronos and Zeus' son and Hercules, his grandson. Buying drafts of Cyrus and Isis and Belus and Brahma and Adonai. In my portfolio, placing Manitou loose and Allah on a leaf and the crucifix engraved. With Odin and the hideous faced Mexitli, and all idols and images, honestly taking them for all that they are worth and not a cent more, admitting they were alive and did the work of their day, admitting they bore mites as were unfledged birds who have now to rise and fly and sing for themselves, accepting the rough deific sketches to fill out better in myself, Bestowing them freely on each man and woman I see. Discovering as much or more in a framer framing a house, putting higher claims for him there with his rolled up sleeves driving the mallet and chisel, not objecting to special revelations, considering a curl of smoke or a hair on the back of my hand as curious as any revelation. Those a hold of fire engines and hook and ladder ropes, more to me than the gods of the antique wars. Minding their voices peal through the crash of destruction, their brawny limbs passing safe over charred laths, their white foreheads whole and unhurt out of the flames. By the mechanic's wife, with her babe at her nipple, interceding for every person born. Three sighs at harvest whizzing in a row from three lusty angels with shirts bagged out at their waists. The snag-toothed hostler with red hair redeeming sins past and to come, selling all he possesses and traveling on foot to fee lawyers for his brother and sit by him while he is tried for forgery. What was strewn in the amp strewing the square rod about me and not filling the square rod then. The bull and the bug never worshipped half enough, dung and dirt more admirable than was dreamed. The supernatural of no account, myself waiting my time to be one of the Supremes. The day getting ready for me when I shall do as much good as the best And be as prodigious, guessing when I am, it will not tickle me much to receive puffs out of pulpit or print, by my life lumps becoming already a creator, putting myself here and now to the ambushed womb of the shadows.
10: a call in the midst of the crowd, my own voice oratund sweeping and final. Come my children, come my boys and girls, my women, household and intimates. Now the performer launches his nerve. He is past his prelude on the reeds within. Easily written, loose fingered chords, I feel the thrum of your climax and close, My head slews round on my neck. Music rolls, but not from the organ. Folks are around me, but they are no household of mine ever the hard, unsunk ground, ever the eaters and drinkers, ever the upward and downward sun, ever the air and the ceaseless tides, ever myself and my neighbors, refreshing, wicked, real, ever the old, inexplicable query, ever the thorned thumb, that breath of itches and thirst, ever the vexer's hoot, hoot, till we find where the sly one hides and bring him forth. Ever love, ever the sobbing liquid of life, ever the bandage under the chin, ever the trestles of death. Here and there with dimes on the eyes walking to feed the greed of the belly the brains liberally spooning. Tickets buying, taking, selling, but into the feast never once going. Many sweating, plowing, thrashing, and then the chaff for payment receiving. A few idly owning, and they the wheat continually claiming. This is the city, and I am one of the citizens. Whatever interests the rest, interests me. Politics, wars, markets, newspapers, schools, the mayor, and councils, banks, tariffs, steamships, factories, stocks, stores, real estate, and personal estate. The little plentiful mannequins skipping around in collars and tailed coats. I am aware who they are They are positively not worms or fleas. I acknowledge the duplicates of myself. The weakest and shallowest is deathless with me. What I do and say, the same waits for them. Every thought that flounders in me, the same flounders in them. I know perfectly well my own egotism know my omnivorous lines, and must not write any less, and would fetch you, whoever you are, flush with myself. Not words of routine, this song of mine, but abruptly to question, to leap beyond, yet nearer bring, this printed and bound book. But the printer and the printing office boy, the well-taken photographs, but your wife or friend close and solid in your arms, the black ship mailed with iron, her mighty guns in her turrets, but the pluck of the captain and engineers, and the houses, the dishes and fare and furniture, but the host and hostess and the look out of their eyes, the sky up there, Yet here or next door, or across the way, the saints and sages in history, but you, yourself? Sermons, creeds, theology, but the fathomless human brain, and what is reason, and what is love, and what is life?
0: I do not despise you, priests, all time, the world over. My faith is the greatest of faiths and the least of faiths. In closing, worship ancient and modern and all between ancient and modern, believing I shall come again upon the earth after 5,000 years, waiting responses from oracles, honoring the gods, saluting the sun, making a fetish of the first rock or stump, powwowing with the sticks in the circle of Ovas, helping the Lama or Brahman as he trims the lamps of the idols. Dancing yet through the streets in a phallic procession, wrapped and austere in the woods a gymnosophist, drinking mead from the skullcap to Shasta's and Veda's admirant, minding the Koran, walking the Teocalus, spotted with gore from the stone and knife, beating the serpent skin drum, accepting the Gospels, accepting him that was crucified, knowing assuredly that he is divine. To the mass kneeling, or the Puritan's prayer rising, or sitting patiently in a pew, ranting and frothing in my insane crisis, or waiting dead-like till my spirit arouses me, looking forth on pavement and land, or outside of pavement and land, belonging to the winders of the circuit of circuits. One of that centripetal or centrifugal gang, I turned and talked like a man leaving charges before a journey. Downhearted doubters, dull and excluded, Frivolous, sullen, moping, angry, affected, disheartened, atheistical. I know every one of you. I know the sea of torment, doubt, despair, and unbelief. How the flukes splash. How they contort rapid as lightning with spasms and spouts of blood. Be at peace, bloody flukes of doubters and sullen mopers. I take my place among you as much as among any. The past is push of you and me, all precisely the same, and what is yet untried and afterward is for you, me, all, precisely the same. I do not know what is untried and afterward, but I know it will in its turn prove sufficient and cannot fail. Each who passes is considered, each who stops is considered, Not a single one can it fail. It cannot fail the young man who died and was buried, nor the young woman who died and was put by his side, nor the little child that peeped in at the door and then drew back and was never seen again, nor the old man who has lived without purpose and feels it with bitterness worse than gall, nor him in the poorhouse, tubercled by rum and the bad disorder, nor the numberless slaughtered and wrecked, nor the brutish kaboo called the ordure of humanity, nor the sacks merely floating with open mouths for food to slip in, nor anything in the earth or down in the oldest graves of the earth, nor anything in the myriads of spheres nor the myriads of myriads that inhabit them, nor the present, nor the least wisp that is
2: known. It is time to explain myself, let us stand up. What is known I strip away, I launch all men and women forward with me into the unknown, The clock indicates the moment, but what does eternity indicate? We have thus far exhausted trillions of winters and summers. There are trillions ahead and trillions ahead of them. Births have brought us richness and variety, and other births will bring us richness and variety. I do not call one greater and one smaller. That which fills its period and place is equal to any were mankind murderous or jealous upon you my brother my sister I am sorry for you they are not murderous or jealous upon me all has been gentle with me I take no account with lamentation what have I to do with lamentation I am an acme of things accomplished and I am the encloser of things to be my feet strike an apex of the apices of the stairs on every step bunches of ages and larger bunches between the steps all below duly traveled and still I mount and mount rise after rise bow the fountains behind me afar down I see the huge first nothing I know I was even there I waited unseen and always and slept through the lethargic mist and took my time and took no hurt from the fetid carbon Long I was hugged close, long and long Immense have been the preparations for me Faithful and friendly the arms that helped me Cycles ferried my cradle, rowing and rowing like cheerful boatmen For room to me, stars kept aside in their own rings They sent influences to look after what was to hold me before I was born out of my mother generations guided me my embryo has never been torpid nothing could overlay it for it the nebula cohered to an orb the long, slow strata piled it, piled it piled to rest it on vast vegetables gave it sustenance, monstrous soroids transported it in their mouths and deposited it with care. All forces have been steadily employed to complete and delight me now, on this spot, I stand with my robust soul.
42: O oh, span of youth, ever pushed elasticity. O oh, manhood, balanced, florid, and full. My lovers suffocate me, crowding my lips, thick in the pores of my skin, jostling me through streets and public halls, coming naked to me at night, crying by day, ahoy, from the rocks of the river swinging and chirping over my head, calling my name from flower beds, vines, tangled underbrush, lighting on every moment of my life, bussing my body with soft balsamic buses, noiselessly passing handfuls out of their hearts and giving them to be mine. Old age superbly rising, oh welcome, ineffable grace of dying days, Every condition promulges not only itself, it promulges what grows after and out of itself, and the dark hush promulges as much as any. I open my scuttle at night and see the far sprinkled systems and all I see multiplied as high as I can cipher edge but the rim of the farther systems. Wider and wider they spread, expanding, always expanding, outward and outward and forever outward. My son has his son and round him obediently wheels. He joins with his partners a group of superior circuit and greater sets follow, making specks of the greatest inside them. There is no stoppage and never can be stoppage if I, you and the worlds and all beneath or upon their surfaces were this moment reduced back to a pallid float, it would not avail the long run. We should surely bring up again where where we now stand and surely go as much farther and then farther and farther. A few quadrillions of eras A few octillions of cubic leads do not hazard the span or make it impatient. They are but parts, anything is but a part. See ever so far, there is limitless space outside of that. Count ever so much, there is limitless time around that. My rendezvous is appointed, it is certain, The Lord will be there and wait till I come on perfect terms. The great camarado, the lover true for whom I pine, will be there. I
43: know I have the best of time and space and was never measured and never will be measured. I tramp a perpetual journey. Come, listen, all. My signs are a rainproof coat, good shoes, and a staff cut from the woods. No friend of mine takes his ease in my chair. I have no chair, no church, no philosophy. I lead no man to a dinner table, library, exchange, but each man and each woman of you I lead upon a knoll, my left hand hooking you round the waist, my right hand pointing to the landscapes of continents and public road. Not I, not anyone else can travel that road for you, you must travel it for yourself. It is not far, it is within reach. Perhaps you have been on it since you were born and did not know. Perhaps it is everywhere, on water and on land. Shoulder your duds, dear son, and I will mine. Let us hasten forth wonderful cities and free nations we shall fetch as we go. If you tire, give me both burdens and rest the chuff of your hand on my hip. And in due time, you shall repay the same service to me. For after we start, we never lie by again. This day before dawn, I ascended a hill and looked at the crowded heaven. And I said to my spirit, when we become the enfolders of these orbs, And the pleasure and knowledge of everything in them. Shall we be filled and satisfied then? And my spirit said no. (laughs) We but level that lift to pass and continue beyond. You are also asking me questions and I hear you. I answer that I cannot answer. You must find out for yourself. Sit a while, dear son. Here are biscuits to eat, and here is milk to drink. But as soon as you sleep and renew yourself in sweet clothes, I kiss you with a goodbye kiss and open the gates for your egress. Hence, long enough have you dreamed contemptible dreams. Now I wash the gum from your eyes. You must habit yourself to the dazzle of the light and of every moment in your life. Long have you timidly waited, holding a plank by the shore. Now I will you to be a bold swimmer, to jump off in the midst of the sea, rise again, nod to me, shout and laughingly dash with
44: your hair. (laughs) I am the teacher of athletes. He that by me spreads a wider breast than my own proves the width of my own. He most honors my style who learns under it to destroy the teacher. The boy I love the same Becomes a man, not through derived power, but in his own right. Wicked rather than virtuous, out of conformity or fear. Fond of his sweetheart, relishing well his stake. Unrequited love or a slight, cutting him worse than the sharp steel cuts. First rate, to ride, to fight, to hit the bullseye, to sail a skiff, to sing a song or play in a banjo preferring scars and the beard and the faces pitted with smallpox over all latherers and those well-tanned to those that keep out of the sun. I teach straying from me, but who can stray from me? I follow you, whoever you are, from the present hour. My words itch at your ears till you understand them. I do not say these things for a dollar or to fill up the time while I wait for a boat. It is you talking just as much as myself. I act as the tongue of you tied in your mouth. In mine, it begins to be loosened. I swear I will never again mention love or death inside a house. And I swear I will never translate myself at all only to him or her who privately stays with me in the open air.
45: If you would understand me, go to the heights or watershore. The nearest gnat is an explanation, and a drop or motion of waves a key. The maul, the oar, the handsaw second my words. No shuttered room or school can commune with me, but roughs and little children better than they. The young mechanic is closest to me. He knows me well. The woodman that takes his axe and jug with him shall take me with him all day. The farm boy plowing in the field feels good at the sound of my voice. In vessels that sail, my words sail. I go with fishermen and seamen and love them. The soldier camped or upon the march is mine. On the night air, the pending battle, many seek me, and I do not fail them. On that solemn night, it may be their last, Those that know me seek me. My face rubs to the hunter's face when he lies down alone in his blanket. The driver, thinking of me, does not mind the jolt of his wagon. The young mother and old mother comprehend me. The girl and the wife rest the needle a moment and forget where they are. They and all would resume what I have told them. I have said that the soul
46: is not more than the body, and I have said that the body is not more than the soul. And nothing, not God, is greater to one than one's self is. And whoever walks a furlong without sympathy walks to his own funeral dressed in his shroud. And I or you, pocketless of a dime, may purchase the pick of the earth. And to glance with an eye or show a bean in its pod confounds the learning of all times. And there is no trade or employment, but the young man following it may become a hero. And there is no object so soft, but it makes a hub for the wheeled universe. And I say to any man or woman, let your soul stand cool and composed before a million universes. And I say to mankind, be not curious about God, for I, who am curious about each, am not curious about God. No array of terms can say how much I am at peace about God and about death. And I hear and behold God in every object, yet understand God not in the least. Nor do I understand who there can be more wonderful than myself. Why should I wish to see God better than this day? I see something of God each hour of the 24 and each moment then. In the faces of men and women I see God, and in my own face in the glass. I find letters from God dropped in the street, and every one is signed by God's name. And I leave them where they are, For I know that wherever I go, others will punctually come forever and ever.
47: And as to you, death, and you, bitter hug of mortality, it is idle to try to alarm him. To his work, without flinching, the Akashir comes. I see the elder hand pressing, receiving, supporting. I recline by the sills of the exquisite flexible doors. And I mark the outlet, and mark the relief and escape. As to you, corpse, I think you are good manure, but that does not offend me. (laughs) I smell the white roses sweet-scented and growing. I reach the leafy lips. I reach at the polished breasts of melons. And as to you, life, I reckon you are the leavings of many deaths. No doubt I have died myself a thousand times before. I hear you whispering there, O stars of heaven, O suns, O grass of graves, O perpetual transfers and promotions. If you do not say anything, how can I say anything? Of the turbid pool that lies in the autumn forest, of the moon that descends the steeps of the sighing twilight, toss sparkles of day and dusk, toss on the black stems that decay in the muck, toss to the moaning gibberish of the dry limbs. I ascend from the moon, I ascend from the night I perceive that the ghastly glimmer is noonday sunbeams reflected and debouche to the steady and central from the offspring great or small
48: there is that in me I do not know what it is but I know it is in me wrenched and sweaty calm and cool then my body becomes I sleep, I sleep long I do not know it it is without name. it is a word unsaid. It is not in any dictionary, utterance, symbol. Something it swings on more than the earth I swing on. To it, the creation is the friend whose embracing awakes me. Perhaps I might tell more? Outlines. I plead for my brothers and sisters. Do you see, O oh, my brothers and sisters? It is not chaos or death It is form, union, plan It is eternal life, it is happiness
49: The past and the present wilt I have filled them, emptied them And proceed to fill my next fold of the future Listener up there, what have you to confide to me? Look in my face while I snuff the sidle of evening. Talk honestly. No one else hears you, and I stay only a minute longer. Do I contradict myself? Very well, then, I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. I concentrate towards them that are nigh. I wait on the door slab, Who has done his day's work? Who will soonest be through with his supper? Who wishes to walk with me? Will you speak before I am gone? Will you prove already too late?
1: The spotted hawk swoops by and accuses me. He complains of my gab and my loitering. I too am not a bit tamed. I too am untranslatable. I sound my barbaric yawp over the roofs of the world. The last scud of day holds back for me. It flings my likeness after the rest and true as any on the shadow wild, it coaxes me to the vapor and the dusk. I depart as air. I shake my white locks at the runaway sun. I effuse my flesh in eddies and drifted in lacy jags. I bequeath myself to the dirt to grow from the grass I love. If you want me again, look for me under your boot soles. You will hardly know who I am or what I mean, but I shall be good health to you nevertheless and filter and fiber your blood. Failing to fetch me at first, keep encouraged. Missing me one place, search another. I stop somewhere, waiting for you.